So we're in uh, 1 Corinthians 12 this week. If you want to open up there, verse 1. We're just going to dive right in. Talking about spiritual gifts. Christmas is coming. Anybody got their Christmas shopping done? No? Okay. All right. Me neither. All right. Here we go. We've got some gifts to talk about today. Here's what Paul says to the church in Corinth. Chapter 12, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us, he gives each of us special abilities, okay? Each, each of us, just so you know, like if you're sitting there, you're thinking, no, that's not me, that's not me. No, it, it's you. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you've repented and said, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and you've turned over your life to him in obedience, then guess what? That means that his Holy Spirit now resides inside of you and has given you spiritual gifts. I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. That's what we did without Christ. We, we worship speechless idols. Some of us with Christ today, we still worship speechless idols. Like, like we, we get this idea sometimes, oh, no, no, we don't worship like these statues of gold or silver like they did back then. But we still worship things that are speechless. We still worship things that are the creation and not the creator. When you think about where all of your time and your talent and your treasure are spent, that is what you worship. Are you spending your time and your talent and your treasure on the things of God and his kingdom? Or are you spending it on the things of this world, creation? When you start to look at all three of those categories, you'll know soon enough whether or not you worship a speechless idol or whether you worship the living God. Go through all three of those areas in your life right now. Do a heart check. I, I saw this. Uh, another church does this. They, they do this with their staff once a month, and I love this. I'm stealing it from them. But they do a heart check where they check in on all their people and say, how are you doing in the area of your time and your talent and your treasure? And they check to see, are, are you using it selfishly or are you using it selflessly or are you using it for your own personal gain to make yourself appear, you know, like a good person, you know. And so they just break it down, time, talent, treasure. How are you spending it? Are you spending it on the kingdom of God? Or are you spending it on building your own kingdom of comfort? So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's important to remember as you're learning how to discern the spirits. It, we have to come at God's word with an ancient worldview. Our modern worldview, they would say some of this, no, that's, you know, that's hokey. That's not, you know, that, that's not science. You can't prove any of this. I, I don't care what science says. I care what God's word says. Science is always changing, and that's fine. Like, there's great things about science. I'm not against science, but God's word is never changing. 
God himself is never changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so his word still holds true. And so when his word speaks of the spirits and all the different spirits in the world that are speaking lies and deceit, we need to learn how to discern as believers the liars and the spirit of truth. We have to be able to discern between them. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. There's differences, there's uniqueness in the body of Christ, but we all serve the same God. And all of our gifts come from the same God. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Not so we can gain attention or gain a following or, or look really good or look really spiritual. That's not why he's given us our spiritual gifts. He's given us our spiritual gifts as a church so we can help each other. Some of you, you have these spiritual gifts and you have held them back from the church. This is a time and a chance and an opportunity to move forward in using what God has given you to help the church. And as the church begins to step in to their calling and their gifting, that's when God's kingdom begins, begins to expand and take back territory, begins to take back the lives and hearts of those who are far from him. That's the point of the kingdom, to take back territory, to take back hearts for the kingdom, to win people to the Lord. He's given us these gifts for a purpose, to help each other, to one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That might be you in here right now. You, you might be thinking that. Don't get too prideful there, all right? But you might be thinking, man, I give a lot of wise advice. I give out good wisdom all the time. Or you might know somebody that instantly comes to your mind and you think, man, anytime I've got a problem or, or something I'm kind of struggling with, that is my go-to person that I want to go to and I want to hear some wisdom from before I make a decision. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. And, and, and sometimes this gets confused a little bit, knowledge and wisdom, and it sounds like the same thing. This gift of special knowledge, I've seen it displayed. This is one I did not understand until I had seen it displayed, and it was incredible. I was at this, I was at this youth camp uh, in Fremont, Nebraska, and they brought in this guy to teach a class on um, just some of the prophetic giftings in the Bible and what, what Scripture actually says about it. And the Lord gave him, like, special words of knowledge about some of the students in this room that there's no way he could have ever known coming in there. He didn't know who was going to be at the camp. He didn't, you know, go and research anybody. Uh, he had no background or, you know, f familiarity with anybody there. And he dropped some... Andrew was there with me. You were there, right? That was nuts. Like, he dropped words of knowledge on people. Just so you don't think I'm a liar, Andrew will confirm. He saw it. Witnesses, all right? Witness, okay? He dropped words of knowledge on people, like, about their lives that it only could have came from the Holy Spirit. And because of that, it, it wasn't just so he could show off or just so he could say, oh, man, look at me. Look how spiritual I am. It was used as a moment for some of those kids in there as a realization. The Holy Spirit's real. 
Like, like for them, the lights turned on in that moment because they knew. One girl even said, there's no way you could freaking know that. <laughs> she said freaking. It was amazing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she said the actual F. I don't know. I, I don't remember. She was shocked. Like, there's no way. Like, she had a heart condition. And he said, I, I know, like, I know you're struggling with a heart condition right now and the, that you're stressed and anxious about what the doctors have told you. And she's like, who told you? Did my mom call? And he was like, no. Like, it was crazy. So that is a spiritual gift. Some of you, if this is like some of the first times, like you're hearing about some of this stuff, hang with us. If you're like, man, these guys are weird, they're crazy, we are because we just believe what the Bible says. We are weird. Like, like the world out there, they're going to look at this and they're going to say that's weird, that's not normal, it's crazy. And then the, the spirit of fear will tell you, hey, you just need to blend in with the world. You just need to look like kind of like the, you know, cookie cutter church, just be safe, get people in for 60 minutes, talk about nice and safe things, don't talk about everything that my word says. That, that's, that's what the cookie cutter model of church does and says, and so we just kind of stay in this safe box. We don't do that here at Revival. We really believe God's word and what it says, and that it wasn't just for back then, it is for today. The spiritual gifts are for today also. They did not go out with the apostles, You'll start to see that as we get further along here. Uh, one of the verses that we'll get to eventually here is when the perfect comes, we'll no longer have need for these gifts. And so some people have said just to make the church kind of safe and palatable for people uh, and just, you know, hey, we don't want to get too spiritual, too crazy or too weird, you know. So we'll just say the spiritual gifts, they went out with the apostles or they went out when the word, we had the word put into like, this nice Bible form that we have today, it wasn't always like that. And so some people will tell you the spiritual gifts went out when the perfect came, and the perfect is the word of God. That's what they'll tell you. That's not what that is saying. The perfect is when Jesus, he is perfect, when he returns again. He hasn't come back yet. The spiritual gifts are still alive and active, but they've been dormant in the church, especially here in the West, for too long. But they're starting to break out again as people are stepping into obedience obedience to listening to his voice. Obedience is a scary thing because the more you walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit and to his word, the more strange and the more odd and the more weird that you will fear that you're going to look to the world around you. But let me tell you something. The world around us is hungry and craving the spiritual. They're seeking it out in different realms because they haven't found it in the church here in the West because it's been a dried up wasteland for too long. And so they're going and looking down different avenues for the spiritual, for the supernatural. One of the fastest growing podcasts right now is this podcast called Blurry Creatures. Anybody ever heard of that? Okay, it's not growing that fast, I guess. But they dive in to talking about the supernatural. And it's one of these things that's fast growing because the darker the world gets, the more prevalent the idea and reality of evil powers and darkness at work in this world becomes. You can see it at work. You can see the distortion of truth. You can see the lies of the enemy. You can see the manipulation of Satan and what he's doing to draw people away from the kingdom of God. And so as we start to see the darkness creep in and begin to grow in this world, 
People begin to hunger for the supernatural and the spiritual. And so they're looking in different areas for it. Wiccan, witchcraft, that's one of the fastest growing movements right now. You're thinking, no way, that's crazy. No, I'm telling you, there are people in this city that they practice witchcraft. They practice it and they're studying it and they're learning it because they just want a taste of the supernatural. They want a taste of power. For us here at Revival, we want to step back into the power and the supernatural that God has called us into within, within the limits of his word. We're not going to step outside of what his word says as we step into these gifts of the Spirit. So, the same Spirit gives great faith to another. Not just kind of normal, you know, salvation faith, but just great, crazy, like people who have crazy faith and do things that people are gonna look at and say, man, that's dumb, that's stupid, but they're being obedient to the word. They're being obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. I know that sounds crazy. No, just go to a doctor, right? Just go to a doctor, get that taken care of. I'm telling you, the gifts of healing still exist in the church, and we're starting to hear about that. Once again, I'm friends with a guy, like this guy we met at this camp. He's shared with us stories of healings that he's seen and been a part of. Miraculous healings still happen. And there are people within the church that God has given that spiritual gift to. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Once again, that just goes back to what we were talking about during communion. We have to learn to discern the spirits. And now there's some people within our church right now that, they, that that's their spiritual gift, to discern. Now, I believe the more we study God's word, all of us can have, like there's some things in here where it's like, we're not gonna have all the gifts. We're not gonna be able to do all these things that, that Paul's talking about here. But there's still things that we should strive to chase after. We should still strive to chase after wisdom because God's word is wisdom. So we should be in the word. That's where wisdom lies. And and when you dive into wisdom, when you dive into his word, you begin to learn how to discern the spirits for yourself. You begin to learn how to discern the spirit of fear. Talked about in 2 Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear does not come from God and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. If you're walking in fear, you're not listening to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. You're listening to the Spirit of fear. 1 John 3, uh, I'm going to jump down here just to save some time. Uh, But uh, actually, chapter 4, verse 6, we are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this, we know the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of error, or the Spirit of deceit. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's why we dive into the word of God, because it begins to expose truth and the lies
Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have, the Holy Spirit. He is the one who distributes and decides what gift you will have. And so some of you, as you're trying to figure this out, and you're hearing some of these lists of gifts, you might be wondering, how do I figure out what is my gift? Because I'm not sure right now. One resource I would point you in the direction to is a guy named, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, the capital letter C, right, C, and then Peter Wagner, C, Peter Wagner. He's got some great resources on spiritual gifts. He's got a a quiz that you can take and go through, and it it will give you a a stronger idea of which category you fall into. Wagner is spelled W-A-G-N-E-R, C. Peter Wagner. Uh, Great resource on spiritual gifts. But as you're trying to step into that and to figure out what, what it is, like where it is that you've been gifted, that's one that you can look to, to to get some discernment in that area. Or just find somebody and, you know, somebody that you trust within the church that you want to talk to and ask and say, hey, I, these are some of the areas I, I feel like maybe the Holy Spirit's gifted in me. And you'll probably get confirmation from some of the leaders in our church or from some of the people. Or you'll get, no, that's not you. <laughs> like, you'll get, no, 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 I can see that's not your gift. But now you, I think you're gifted over here. Like there's different gifts. And so it's good to discern with others in community. But that test, that quiz that he's got, that's a great resource also. Verse 12, the human body has many parts, many parts. Shoot, I'm already out of time. It's 11.08. We went long today already. All right, I'll save that for next week. All right, worship team, you better get up here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know, we, I felt like we were just getting into it, you know? It's like we even started on time at 10 today. All right, guys. We better, we better. I know. Come on, yeah, come on up. I'll, I'll do a little bit more here. I'll do a little bit more. I know. I'm, it's 11.08 already, man. The clock is just flying today. Here you go. I'll read just a little bit more here. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. That's all of us in here. We're all different parts of the body. We make up the whole body of Christ, the church. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. No matter what your background is, no matter where you came from, no matter uh, race, ethnicity, your, your class in this world, it does not matter. We're part of the same body, and we share the same spirit. And so you might not always feel like the, the part that you're playing matters. You might not always feel like you're, you're really that important to the body of Christ, but let me tell you something. You are. Because as Paul goes on here, you see, verse 14, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. 
How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is part of it. There's parts of the body of Christ that will never get seen, will never get noticed, will never get recognized. Just as there's parts of our human body that will never get seen, never get noticed, never get recognized. The liver? Do you ever wake up and just say, thank you, Lord, for my liver? You ever just woken up and just been like, man, thank you for my liver. Thank you for my lungs. Thank you for, you know, the, the parts that nobody sees. That nobody gives glory to. When you're watching a football game on Saturday or Sunday and you see a quarterback and the announcers talk about, man, his legs are amazing. That guy is fast. Or his arm is incredible. The, the, the leg, the arms, even his brain, like that gets all the recognition. He, he just sees things with his eyes that nobody else sees out there. Is he a very good quarterback without lungs? No. Is he going to have much success without a liver? No. I don't know if you can live without a liver. I'm not sure. I think that's important. I'm not a doctor, though. I don't know if we've got any doctors in here. You work with animals. Could a, could a dog survive without a liver? Nope. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> whatever your part, whatever your gift is in the church, you need to know and understand. We are intertwined together. And we survive, and not just survive, but we thrive together. Some of you, you are doing things as a part of this church that nobody will ever see or nobody will ever recognize. Some of you, you come and you gather during the week and you pray for people within our church and nobody knows your name. But you're a liver, you're a heart, you're lungs. You matter because the body can't survive without each other. And so the arm or the eyes or the head or the brain, they might get all the glory sometimes. They might get all the praise or the recognition. But we're not a body without you. And we won't survive or thrive without each other. Let's pray. God, we thank you for everyone in here today. And I pray for an awakening in every person in here about what it is that you've gifted them with that they would read over this passage again later on on their own and that they would start to dive in to what you've called them to and how you've gifted them as a part of this church and that they would step into it boldly and humbly. God, we need each other and I pray that we would use our gifts for each other for the building up and edifying of your church. 
so that we can go and reach those who are far from you. And they would see a church alive and thriving as they walk in obedience to your voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.